All right, so before we start the podcast, Mike and I usually give a little preview of what we're about to talk about for the episode. This week's going to be a little bit different uh, because things didn't necessarily go according to plan. I had about three hours of sleep the night before because I was working overnight and lost focus here and there. So the conversation tends to get off track, but pretty much we wanted to talk about the divisional round and the conference championships coming up. So you'll get the idea. It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O, O, H to the O, V. I used to move snowflakes by the O, Z. I guess even back then, What's up, everybody? Welcome to Moving the Goalposts, New England's number one sports podcast. My name is Nick Mara, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Masala. Mike, how are you now? Doing well, brother. How are you? Not so bad. You can check out our social media profiles on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nick Mara 94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? Find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Masala or on Instagram at Mike Masala NFL. Be sure to follow along with us on our Moving the Goalposts social media as well. They can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Moving the Posts. Michael. Yes, sir. All right, Mike. So we'll start Packers and Rams. How about that? Let's do it. This is the first game of divisional weekend. Green Bay came away with the 32 to 18 victory over Los Angeles. Aaron Donald, I would say, was probably the story of the game. As well as Aaron Rodgers played, as well as Devontae Adams played, as well as well as Aaron Jones played, I think that the uh, the, the Rams were definitely behind the eight ball with uh, an injured Aaron Donald, clearly emotional Aaron Donald after the game as well. Um, but Green Bay certainly deserves the win. Um, they move on to the NFC Championship game. Got a little note here. I guess Green Bay seven and one in home playoff games on Saturday all time cool very specific yeah <laughs> but uh so so let me hear your thoughts what were your uh, your thoughts about the uh the Packers and the Rams I agree with you uh Aaron Donald obviously top two top three players in the NFL regardless of position like that guy's super talented and for for him to be hampered coming into this game it's it's obviously going to be a, a huge deficit for you to overcome um and on top of that, you also have your quarterback dealing with a thumb injury and your quote-unquote backup starter, John Wolford, whatever he is to them now. Um, he, he wasn't able to go. So the Rams are, are missing a few pieces. Cooper Cup not there. So just a lot of things did not break right for the Rams going into this game. And the Packers, on the other hand, like they were able to take advantage and they were able to show why – I think they're the best team in the NFC. Obviously they were number one coming into the playoffs and just everything that they do works so well. Devontae Adams, his ability to separate from Jalen Ramsey, I think was the most impressive thing for me in this game because Jalen Ramsey has had a great season. I think probably his best season of his career. So I would far. agree with that. Yeah. Um, and he's been able to shut everybody down and Devontae Adams goes out there yards wise. Wasn't a crazy game, but for, to get nine receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown, like, when Rodgers needed him, he was able to get Devontae Adams. I don't know what it is that Devontae Adams does spectacularly. I don't know if it's just his footwork or something, because he doesn't have like he doesn't have like these amazing catches or this amazing speed or right. like it's just he gets open. Right. He gets open. And and that that's that's probably the most important thing in this game to me. And going forward, the rest of the the rest of the teams that they're playing, um, whether that be in the NFC Championship game uh, coming up next week or if they win and they go on to the Super Bowl, I'm not really sure that there's a cornerback who I like to win that matchup. Um, so I think that is pretty much my big takeaway from the Packers this week is Devontae Adams is going to be able to do whatever he wants. And if you're going to cover Devontae Adams, put two or three guys on him, Aaron Jones is going to run it right down your face. Mm. Yeah, I was so, just going to say you you could try and force them into a running game, but – you know, I, I, I think Tampa, their defensive line certainly can give the the running game of the uh, the Packers some difficulty. I like Sue, but he's not going to, you know, be the anchor that he once was. Mm -hmm. And obviously not having Vita Vea is a huge impact on them as well. Right. You know, they were able to plug him right in the middle and take up a couple of gaps and then use Sue as well. 
I think you're almost not going to be able to do anything about that. You, you have better luck passing against their secondary, uh, but not yesterday. You know, I, I have no idea what the hell was going on with Drew Brees. Um, I mean, we, we had talked a little bit about him during the season when we would kind of focus on the New Orleans games, but he just, he doesn't have it. He is that like Peyton Manning at the end, you know, Philip Rivers, we saw a couple of weeks ago at the end, Eli Manning at the end, these guys, they just, they do, they hit this wall and then that's it. They're mm-hmm. done. And I don't know if it was more from like the shoulder, obviously the shoulder has been a problem kind of the whole year. And he's had these, this, this rib thing that he's been going through this last few weeks. So sure. I, I don't know if it was more of that, but I, I do think like, this is the, this is the end of Drew Brees. Like, Exactly what you said, like Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, all these guys at the end of the at the end of the day, their arms aren't able to hold up at that age. Now you're seeing a guy on the other side of the field who's able to do some things that are pretty impressive at, at his age. Um, but I like to see what Drew Brees does. And then Jameis comes in one play, throws a touchdown, obviously wide open. But just to see a guy with that arm strength and like Drew Brees is not the future of New Orleans anymore. Like. He has one year left on his deal. I think this was his last game. Oh, yeah. It was clearly his last game. And if it's not his last game, he should be killed for how he handled it. (laughs) That was so fucking emotional. Like, (laughs) here I am. I'm I'm, I'm writing all these, like, headlines. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I'm looking at the computer, and I'm seeing, like, these videos of Tom Brady playing catch with his kids. And Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah. Yeah, he's done. He's, he's done. He's definitely done. And, you know, it's a it's a shitty way of going out, but he had a, a good career, I would say. Yeah. Uh, no, a very good career. He had, he, had, he had a very, very good career. Hall of Fame level of fame. career. Uh, but disappointing at the end. Right. Disappointing it, it, at the end of the day. It's kind of like what I talked about with Aaron Rodgers. I think I've talked about it a few times here, and we talked about it last week with Andrew, is that for the amount of talent the guy had, he was never, never really able to capitalize on that and get the amount of wins he should have had. Like postseason, like that monkey was always on his back. Like he was, he had one Super Bowl, and then every other time it was like one, two games every postseason. He was done. Like it was, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't built for him. And and don't get me wrong, like the the yards, everything, the yards, the passing touchdowns, all impressive. The accuracy records, whatever. It's just. At the end of the day, is he a guy who can bring your team to a championship, even with all the talent that they had this this week? Michael Thomas not getting a, one single catch in this game is probably the worst, <laughs> the worst thing you can see because that really speaks to it. Because Michael Thomas, for as as problem uh, as big of a problem as he's been all year for for the Saints coaches and I'm sure their relationship, whatever, he's able to get open. He's kind of like Devontae Adams to me, where I don't really know exactly what he does well, but he's able to get open, and Drew Brees just can't. He couldn't get him. I just I kept seeing on Twitter throughout the entire game, everyone was joshing him about the the old social media handle, can't can't guard Mike. <laughs> Clearly, you can guard Mike. Yes, absolutely can can guard Mike. Everybody can get Mike. No, but it's a good point. I mean, I, I remember watching pregame they were talking about anybody not named breeze or brady who's going to have the biggest impact on this game and my answer was alvin Kamara. in the beginning of the first quarter or really for the entire first quarter first half essentially deontay harris was the the made the biggest impact with those two punt returns i mean new orleans was basically playing the field position game tampa wasn't showing anything on their first couple of drives but once they started getting things going and i think they realized at halftime as long as we can keep them inside their own, like let's just call it 35 and not on our 35, we have a chance in this game because we've held them to field goals. They're not getting in the end zone, and that's exactly what happened. And then once the offense started going, they could start running the ball. They started finding the openings in the secondary. I don't think they're going to be able to play that way against Green Bay. Clearly, they're not going to be able to play that way against Green Bay. Early reports are saying that we're going to begin the 20s with snow, uh, possibly in the forecast. So should be frigid on the frozen tundra. But um, I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. Yeah, it's it's going to be an awesome game. I mean, 
Tom Brady, cold, uh, warm weather Tom Brady. Who knows if he can handle the elements this time coming up, <laughs> coming up to the frozen tundra, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, it's going to be such a great matchup. Like the most firepowered offense, like as far as superstars, like that as most talented offense in the league. And then another team that's just so well built on both sides of the ball. You, you got to give it, give it up to both these teams. Like it's, it's going to be a slug fest game. I think in my mind, like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up seeing like a a like a it comes down to a final field goal to win the game like that that's how it feels we're going into this game. Do you remember that game back in 2014? Between, yeah, kind of like that. I believe Devonte Adams he took Darrell Rebus on a slant like 80 yards to the house. Ah, uh, was that the was that the one? The, okay, because I was thinking of the Browner hit. For some reason, I that might have been the week after in San Diego. Yeah, Browner Hill was against San Diego on the yeah. area screen. That was yeah, great. Because I remember during that stretch of time, there was that like one single hit where it sort of was like the turning point for the defense. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember if it happened in the Green Bay game and then they beat San Diego or if it happened in the San Diego game. And that's when it kind of like turned around. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that was, I think that was the game that, that Revis got burnt on the slant. This is, I mean, this is the matchup everybody's been wanting for, I mean, we've been saying it, like Super Bowl and Brady Rodgers. Like both that's, of them, that's both of them everybody, though, even going back to Brady Breeze. Right. And Dude, you I, just get to, like, walk through some of the greatest quarterback matchups of all time. It's it's a real, like, like pleasure for everybody to watch. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, even the first round matchup with Taylor Heineke was a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic game. A battle I mean, battle of Famer. the Titans. <laughs> I mean, if I talk my top quarterbacks that were in this in this playoffs, it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Taylor Heineke, like John top, Wol- top th- John Wolford. Yep. Uh, Jameis. Chad Henney. <laughs> this has been a weird playoff so far. Been very. It's been a weird season. Yeah, that's true. The whole the whole thing has been weird. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, I think I'm actually excited. No matter who wins. To, to see them go on to the Super Bowl and win the championship. Obviously, I'm going to root for, for Tampa. Um, I just think it would be nice to kind of stick it to Bill mm-hmm. and not even just Bill now, it, kind of like the organization as a whole, because I don't know if you were listening at this uh, to this soundbite with Rob Gronkowski and William McGinnis. I did, yeah. But that was uh, a little... A little uncomfortable and a little unexpected considering Willie McGinnis is considered like the fifth craft son because he was their first ever draft pick. Mm-hmm. And they they both kind of insinuated that the culture or the maybe we'll say the vibe in Foxborough isn't always the most relaxed. Right. And I think we all kind of knew that. And like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. You remember back to I think it was when Amon Dola left and and Gronkowski had the the be yep. free comment on his Instagram whatever yep. like that I mean some players you're gonna find that want to like have their own social media image or have or like go out and party or enjoy enjoy like some of the fruits of their labor that they're putting in like Bill Belichick always talks about like you put it in the bank like you run up the you run up the hill in the in the behind and behind Gillette Stadium and how that work that you're putting in, like it will eventually lead you to the success of being in the Super Bowl. But like for some people, that's not, that's not everything. Like you're getting, yeah, you got a championship and that's great. Like you get the pinnacle of your job. There's also other aspects of life too. And I know a lot of other people want to experience that. And I don't, I don't blame them at all. I do think that at some point Bill Belichick is going to have to start adapting more and more to the way that the modern athlete is. I think we talked about this maybe two weeks ago now about how Boston is not the best city for the modern athlete. Well, your coach at your coach in new England, isn't really the best coach for the modern athlete as far as like letting them do what they want. So I I wasn't as surprised by that comment from, from Gronk, but it does definitely reiterate how much of a problem that could be in the future. You know, he. I guess you could say almost he's fortunate that it wasn't a problem about things in the past either. Mm-hmm. You know, because if Willie McGinnis actually felt this way, you know, you're you're talking mid '90s. He experienced Parcells, he experienced Pete Carroll, and then he got Belichick. So he saw all three coaches, and you know, 
maybe Pete Carroll was a little bit too relaxed. Mm -hmm. And as a result, Belichick was able to get rid of those guys and and acquire some players that he felt was going to fit his culture. He was fortunate to draft a quarterback that had the fire and the hidden ability, I guess we'll say, to succeed at the next level, but also Mm -hmm. had the fire. And now we're seeing that if you don't have everybody on board, it's pretty damn difficult to move the ship. Right. And I wonder if this could be like the beginning of, we always talk about Belichick disciples going to other places and they're not able to, they're not able to establish that culture because they're not either not winning enough or whatever the reason may be. But if New England isn't winning and Belichick is still acting the way he's like demanded everybody to act around there, that's going to get uncomfortable rather quick. We, we got some chill bill a couple of years ago, though. You know, there was there was some stress in the offseason of 2017, as was you know reported even at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, 2017, that was the year that they lost to Philly. Right. And that then in the eight, and then in the eighteen off season, it was the it was the two thousand eighteen off season actually, where Amendola left, mm-hmm. and that's when Gronkowski made the comment, "The be free, the this, the that," and this is again everything like fucking comes back to Malcolm Butler. <laughs> everything comes back to it. Everything. I would pay an un an unnatural amount of money. A money that I couldn't even imagine to, to, to know why he didn't play. It, no, like that's exactly what it was. They fucking the offense played unbelievable in that game. The offense clearly proved themselves the year before that they were capable of of playing well in big games. Brady had had done his job mm-hmm. twice now, two years in a row, and didn't get a contract extension, even though he thought he deserved it. <laughs> You sit Malcolm Butler for some reason and it pisses off the locker room, except for a couple of guys that are able to come forward and say, no, that was the plan. Like the McCordy's who ironically are still here. Right. Right. So now we've got a divided locker room where one of your star players at least isn't going to publicly shame you, which Brady didn't do or did do when he was talking with Jim Gray during that interview, mm-hmm. you know, when he was like, I plead the fifth, but then you've got another star player who will publicly shame you with, you know, saying all that stuff on social media. Right. That's what, that's what started the, the rift. And then they go on. Belichick builds the team the way he wants to in 2018. Brady's less of a piece, which is fine. And they win a championship and it seems as though all is good. And then it's not right. And the truth, it's just like the trust was lost. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there was like, because like you said, it, it appeared that all was fixed. Like we had these years, we had the Seth Wickersham stuff. We had all these years of reports of new England. Everything's wrong in new England. Brady hates Belichick. Belichick hates Brady. Kraft is like losing his mind because these guys hate each other. Rob Gronkowski retires, but there has to like that clearly wasn't fixed. Like that Super Bowl win wasn't fixed. And kind of to go back to my my old point, like once you win three Super Bowls, like what else more is there for you to accomplish? Like you probably, right. I mean, it's different from Tom Brady, obviously. Like. That, that guy has that compete level. Like he wants to win as many championships as he can. He wants to win every year. Once you hit three championships, I'm sure it doesn't feel the same to go out there and to do all this stuff every week. Like, Oh, I'm going to win a fourth. Like, well, how, how much of that is the difference between my third and my fourth? Like, right. How much is that going to change? And when you're not, when you're not giving guys like Rob Gronkowski the ability to go do whatever he wants, like, that that weighs on him and and you you see him retire he comes back my whole my whole thing about Gronkowski is I've always just I didn't like the way he did it yeah I didn't I didn't either 
but now it's like it's it's like we've we've gotten to the point where once again we have to recycle our talent. Mm-hmm. So this kind of leads into the off season for New England, where they're going to have to make some decisions, and I'm really looking forward to whatever decisions they're going to make. Yep, really Me looking too. forward to it. And and even to bring it back to like the playoffs, like we were just talking about with the, the Saints and the Bucks matchup, the Saints. They're going into this offseason. They're like $90 million over the salary cap. Yeah. $90 million over. Yeah. So they need to cut. I mean, if Drew Brees retires, that saves you probably like 25 But still, you're now $70 million that you have to get rid of. And that team is set up to be a disaster in the yeah. future. Yeah. No, they're, uh, they're in some trouble. And they don't have an answer under mm-hmm. center. At least with New England, you've got money. You've got a good, you know, a decent pick. You know, I still, I still think I don't know why, but I think they're going to move up in the draft to get a guy, even if it's not a quarterback. I think they're moving up this year. I like um, that confidence. You like my confidence? I do. I, I, I would love to see that happen. <laughs> I don't know why, because I think there's going to be. I could see them really liking a guy and moving up to go get him. I could also see them watching a lot of quarterbacks being taken off the board and they're like, those prices are way too high. But mm-hmm. then there is like a stud impact player available, like right inside the top seven, maybe like five, five, six, seven. And they're like, what will it take this first? And then maybe a future first down the road. That would probably be it. Or maybe we could trade like two seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then they go up and they get that guy, you know, not the exact same thing as the Dante Hightower Chandler Jones type thing, but I, I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be big things coming in the draft. I really do. I, I hope so. Yeah. We just turned this entire show into <laughs> a Patriots centric, like it, it needed to be done. I mean, we need to air our grievances. I needed to get that off my chest. I needed <laughs> and, to get and, that off my chest. And, and we did it. And now we can talk about, the, the young blood in the AFC. Yes. 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 The perfect transition. <laughs> perfect transition. All right. Professionals. So we'll, we'll, we'll start off with, um, we'll go Bills Ravens. You know why? You know, we really want to know why that happened because we started talking about Bills Ravens before we were recording. <laughs> so it felt like we had already captured that. Mm, yes, that's true. <laughs> this is our fault. We, you know, they always say, save it for the show. Like that, we need to we need to focus on that. This is either going to be a very heavily edited episode or a very unedited episode. <laughs> I, I like I like people just to find stuff, so we'll just throw it out and like you know they could find like the little nuggets here and right. there. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a treasure hunt. All right, so then we'll we'll say basically what we said before. Again, Bills Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson goes down with a concussion. By that point, Baltimore had pretty much already lost the game, but. Buffalo's going to the AFC championship game again for the first time since the 93 season, I believe. That, that sounds right. I mean, that's the first time since we've, yeah, since, since I've been alive. Well, yeah, no, yeah. Both of us, both of us have been alive. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun too, because I think that they have a chance. I think the way that they played against, um, Fuck, I forget who it was they played in the first game. Was it Tennessee? No, it wasn't Tennessee. It was... Well, uh, Indy? Indy, yes. The way that they played in their first game against Indianapolis, I thought was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of let them back in towards the end, but their defense did the job and they handled the pressure of you know their first home game in Buffalo in you know X number of years. And then you go out and you beat Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, is he elite? Maybe not. Could be a fraud. We could find out. <laughs> Maybe we won't. But I uh, I just think I'm starting to have an affinity for Bills fans. Not quite Bills Mafia, but like the, the true hardcore Bills fan. I went to high school with a kid that was uh, that was a Bills fan, and I felt so bad for him because every <laughs> single time the Patriots would play Buffalo, he would get so excited and tell me like, "This is it! This is it! This is it!" And he would just come to school the next days, and poor kid, 
this is starting to be your thing. You're you're in love with lovable loser franchises. I am because I'm <laughs> fearful that this is what the Patriots are going to become. <laughs> so you're just preempting, preempting this. So no one, no one can make fun of us anymore because we're we're fans of everybody now. All, all that confidence that I have about the draft is the is like the last thing I can hold on to of a, a glimpse of the future being positive. <laughs> because if that doesn't happen, there really is no hope. That's. That is the saddest thing I've heard today. Yeah, well, <laughs> get ready for two o'clock. Oh no. Anyway, uh, Kansas City beat Cleveland. Unfortunately, I, I was sort of rooting for Cleveland to win that game because uh, I thought a Bills Browns matchup in the AFC Championship game would have been the funniest thing in the world. But uh, now we've got Kansas City is going to host the AFC Championship for the third consecutive season. I, I don't. I have no idea how that is a record that nobody in the AFC has ever hosted the AFC Championship three consecutive years. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I guess, like, obviously you would think New England's done it because of how many times they've been there. But, I mean, there were back and forth years where, it, I mean, I remember Denver hosted one. Um, yeah, so it's so basically anytime Peyton Manning got in the way. <laughs> that, yeah. I guess that's that's the time when it was broken. <laughs> but really, even going back to the 90s, like Buffalo went, to four straight Super Bowls Mm -hmm. and they didn't at any point host three straight AFC championship games. The the Broncos with John Elway went to a lot of Super Bowls. They never, you know, hosted three straight AFC championship games. And this is obviously it's exclusive to the AFC championship. Mm -hmm. I think San Francisco probably blows that record out of the water. Dallas probably does a good job of blowing that out of the water at some point, but even Pittsburgh in the seventies, like, they won four Super Bowls in six years. They didn't host three straight AFC championship games. That's it's pretty remarkable. It's it's good stuff from the Chiefs and scary because if you're gonna start lumping them into a list of teams that accomplished that much and they've done more than them, oh boy. Yeah, it's uh it's not gonna be fun for uh AFC fans around the rest of the, the conference. It's they just look so damn good. Even even this year, where I don't think they were as nearly, I don't think they're nearly as explosive as they were last year. But I still think, like, in my mind, it's it's the Chiefs and then it's everybody else in the league because they just look so good. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to play his best game, and they're still able to pull off these one score, two score wins um, in a pretty dominating fashion, like. Just to have all of these weapons on offense and then on defense, like you have really talented players. It's this is going to be a great matchup, I think, because they're both two exciting young teams. But in in this in this game against the Browns, like we we're all rooting. I think a lot of us were rooting for the Browns. Like, I just think it would have been funny. It would definitely would have been funny to see Cleveland Buffalo in the in the AFC Championship game. But I just think like. The, the Browns are kind of like my thing. Like they're the, they're the lovable losers for me, <laughs> like not so close, not so close where they're in the same division. And I've grown up, like, I think I've talked about this before. I've grown up just hating Buffalo, like hate, like that was my team. It wasn't the jets. It wasn't the Colts. It was, it was Buffalo and no other reason why than I, cause I thought their fans were too confident. <laughs> it was wow. like, like pretty much exactly what you were talking about with your, your friend from high school. You come in every week Oh, we're going to, this is going to be the week we finally do it. Like we're finally going to beat New England. And every time it'd be like, you idiots, why do you think this every time? That was kind of like my, my thing with Buffalo. So I I think it, at the end of the day, the Browns had a great season. Uh, question on the punt. Don't know why they did that. If you were going to, on the last drive, they decided to continuously run the ball. And I know that that is their thing. Like, obviously, you have two great running backs. You might as might as well use them. But you're wasting clock, and then you waste a ch- uh, timeout on a terrible challenge that, like, didn't even really look close. If you just waited a second, you probably could have figured it out. Um, and then you waste another timeout just to get everything going. So you're you now now it has to be four down territory, and you're you just punt the ball away like that. Not getting the ball back in that situation. That's that's kind of a shot at Kevin Stefanski right there. Like I don't, that was probably his worst decision as a coach so far. 
And to have it come in that in that game at that point in your season when you are a, a Chad Henney first down run away from going to the AFC Championship game, it, it's a tough look. And I, I think that's going to haunt him a little bit for, for a few years. Yeah, not to note, but to note that was his first career playoff game as a head yeah, coach. True. He was not there last week. He wasn't there last week, so he doesn't get credit for that one. So <laughs> on his record is one of the more questionable decisions of, of the season is in his lone playoff game uh, in his entire career. So, but not to note that. Right. Oh, Cleveland. It's going to be really interesting when Odell comes back next year. I, yeah, that. You raise a good point. I don't know. Would you Would you want to bring him back? I, Are you an Odell guy? I am an Odell guy. Okay. But I do think, like, obviously, when you see the difference in how the offense runs with and without him, maybe he's just not the right fit for that team. Like, that team wants to run the ball, and they right. should. I would try to move them. I would try to move him if I, if I was Cleveland. You can definitely get a first-round pick for Odell right now. Mm-hmm. So I would try to move him right now. Um, Ooh, first round pick. Maybe not. Cause there's a lot of really good receivers in this draft and it would be true. cheaper to draft a good receiver than it would be to, to trade for Odell Beckham. I, I could, I could see that. I could also see the argument that, well, first round receivers don't always uh, pan out as we, as good we point. know. Good point. Um, Counterpoint. Good. <laughs> but I mean, Odell, like he's, had these injury problems in his in his career so far. It's like the first his rookie season he he was out for like six or eight games or something like that. And then obviously this this ACL is going to keep him out. And on top of that, like you have all the off field stuff that everybody <laughs> everybody makes an issue of, which also correlates with the on field stuff. That's a little bit of an issue. Um, but I still think like the talent is there, and I still think somebody would be willing to give you a first round pick. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. Um, but like, I, if I was Cleveland, I, w- I would try to move on from him. Don't don't disturb what you got going on here now. Keep keep your core there. Continue to build up your your defense. Even though that that defense has always confused me. Like they have a lot of first round picks. They have a lot of talented players. I mean, Miles Garrett and and uh, Denzel Ward, chief among them. Mm-hmm. But they just don't play i don't know if they just don't play together or their defense coordinator is not as good as we think it's a lot of individual talent it's a lot of individual talent and defense is really the only no not the only part of football but if you're not communicating on defense and working together especially if you're going to play like a zone defense Mm -hmm. you're going to be screwed absolutely screwed that's why i think there are so many teams that build their their defenses from not just the secondary but from the safety to the middle linebacker to the defensive tackle, like mm-hmm. down the middle, that's how we're going to build our defense. And we'll worry about outside the numbers when they get there. Question for you. Are you sold on Baker? Hmm. I'm yes, I am sold on Baker because what else has Cleveland had in the last 30 years? That's true. This is at least a guy that you know cannot just get you there but won't screw it up for you. Mm-hmm. Even if he might not be able to win it for you, he gives you a chance. Right. So if they've got to make a decision on him, though, because he was drafted in 2018, so this is going to be his fifth-year option coming up. That's a lot of money. That because it's an easier decision to draft a guy if if you want to draft a guy in the first round, a la Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Last couple of times they've tried to replace their quarterback. Then it would be to go to the mat with a guy like Baker Mayfield and give him you know twenty five million dollars a year, even though you really don't trust him to come through in the big moment. Mm-hmm. So difficult decision for them, right? Definitely, and it's like- definitely. I, I agree with you. Like, I think he's a, we can manage to win with him. It's not like we win because of him. Right. That's exactly where I, where I fall on him as well. Like I, you can get away with Baker. I think he's good enough to, to get you there and, and keep you in the game, but he's not like you need one play. You're not taking Baker Mayfield in, in those situations. Right. 
So yeah. I, I do, I do think that's interesting for, for their future going on. Um, and obviously if Patrick Mahomes plays in this game, like we're going to have some conversations uh, yeah. about NFL health and safety. So I haven't seen the hit. I was, like I said, before we started recording, I was asleep at that moment. Mm-hmm. Was it like a bad hit? Did was it the back of his head or the helmet to helmet or no, what, so, what was it? So he got taken down and it was like his arm was like the the tackler's arm was like caught underneath him and he went down and he hit his head on the ground. The hit wasn't the problem. He got up and couldn't stand and couldn't walk. Okay. Like That's... he needed he needed to be helped off the field. So I, I tweeted this during the game. I said, if he comes back in, like there's a, there's a problem here. Yeah. Yeah. That, if, that's definitely problematic. The, now, now the thing is going into this next game, yes, you're a week away and concussions ask, act in different ways for different people. And there's a, there's all sorts of stuff. We, no one knows. Roger Goodell will make every, do everything possible to make sure he plays in that game. And I think Patrick Mahomes will too. I just don't, know if it would be the best thing for him you want to know something so this is we're going about to go down a a tangent again i'm down i think that might be the first time we've mentioned roger goodell's name this entire season yeah that's something it is something and i don't know if it's i don't know if it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing because i've definitely said i think we both said at points the way that they've handled it as far as canceling some games, pushing some back, like it's not all, it doesn't all seem right to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. So but he was never getting blamed for it. Right. And that's the thing. It, it's weird because like yeah. that is his decision. I think I would think at the end of the day, I mean, he's, he's the one that's in control of everything. He has to come to an agreement with the players association, but it seems as though there were never any, difficult negotiations going on mm-hmm. you know I, I think i don't know maybe when they agreed to letting players opt out at the beginning of the season or before the season started those were the players that might have caused the stink and you know they took the option not to you know bring forward any grievances or anything like that and goodell avoided everything you know it's it's not as though the nfl has been without its storylines off the field this season True. You know, you just look a couple of days ago that Von Miller is now under a criminal investigation. Tough to find it on ESPN, though. <laughs> no one no one knows what it's for. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. I saw that report from Adam Schefter. It was like, Von Miller is being investigated. They don't know why. <laughs> like, what? Did you... Are we reporting it then? Like, if, if we don't know, like, what's what's the information there? <laughs> <laughs> did you see did you see Schefter's tweet? I think it was from this morning. I, I don't even know what fucking day it is anymore. But did you see his did you see his tweet from whenever talking about the Texans head coaching job? Yes, I did. Going from being the, the most the least desirable job in the NFL to the most undesirable job in the NFL or one or the other. It made no sense. I read that like six times and I was Me like too. What is what does that mean? Isn't that the and same then, thing? And then he fixed it, and it still said the same thing. <laughs> All right, I, I, that's good to know. I'm glad that I'm able to hear this from you because I read it and I really thought I was going insane. Because <laughs> I also I have his notifications on for all of his tweets, so right. Me. And then there was another one, and I was like, "But that wasn't the confusing part, Adam. <laughs> like the part that you fixed wasn't the part I had a problem." <laughs> it's almost like it made it more confusing. <laughs> that that situation is a mess. Yeah. down in Houston. Oh, yeah. I know I know we kind of have talked about it a little bit with Deshaun Watson, but there was a Deshaun Watson had to come out today and tell them cuz there was going to be a march by people in yeah. Houston to keep him there and like to for for Deshaun Watson like pro Deshaun Watson people yeah. and uh, Deshaun Watson had to go out and say don't do that. <laughs> yeah, covid concerns. Exactly. Yeah, it was cuz of covid. It, it that scenario down there is it's in shambles. Like Jack Easterby has gone in and he has destroyed a franchise. It's it's it is a disaster. Now, 
I was listening to national radio last night because Ooh. I made the decision. <laughs> this is story time. I made the decision to uh, get Taco Bell at like 1030 at night in advance of my shift because I was craving a Baja Blast because I okay. knew that's was that's what was going to get me going mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and keep me going. Where was I? That was how you started. <laughs> you just said Taco Bell. Oh, all right. No, 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 no. Because I was listening to the radio on my way there. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just, I was, <laughs> yeah. So I was listening to the radio on the way there, national radio, and the guys were talking about the Jack Easterby situation in Houston. And they were basically saying, I think one of them was Brady Quinn, was uh, saying that he had actually, I think he said that Jack Easterby was the one that ordained him at the wedding. Like his wedding, he married him and his wife, Brady Quinn. So he's got a personal relationship with him, clearly. Right. Uh, Maybe slanted as a result, but the gist of the conversation was, how does Jack Easterby go from being this guy that everybody likes to getting a job in the football operations department? We don't necessarily know how. We don't necessarily know why, but nobody's come out and said anything negative about him. It's like players haven't come out and said that he's the reason why mm-hmm. it's all been like little stuff, little snippets here and there that we're like, we're pinning everything on Easterby. Whoever's making the decisions is making bad decisions. And that's really the problem. It's, it's right. not, it's not that Easterby's making these decisions it's that someone's making bad decisions mm-hmm. and that that's all that's all that should matter i don't know why they turned the conversation into something about like well how do we know that it's easterby that's causing these problems it doesn't matter the organization is you know i would say if they were not in the national football league if they were in major league baseball or the nhl hell i guess it could be the nba as well they would be one season away from possibly moving because the ownership will just be in shambles and like thrown out of the league. Right. And it's not like Jack Easterby has a, like a blank slate. He can do whatever he wants there. Like someone has to sign off on these moves that, right. that or, or these decisions or whatever. Cause there was a report that they had Cal McNair, who's the owner of the Texans. Now uh, he hired a search firm to find a GM. They did not pick Nick Casario. They didn't even put him in their list of interviews. Right. Jack Easterby goes, Hey, I have his friend Nick up in up in uh, up in Foxborough. Why don't you why don't you talk with him for a little bit? Mm-hmm. Nick comes in and now he's your now he's your GM. So it's like how are we listening to a team chaplain who's I get it, I get it. All accounts, great guy, everybody loves him. The best people aren't always the right people to make the decisions for you. Right. You, a guy who has spent his whole life as the, the minister of the team or whatever, he shouldn't be your, your president of football operations. He shouldn't be going out and finding talent. Like, I don't want, if I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Easterby goes down to middle Tennessee state, like Bill Belichick last year (laughs) and is going, he's running drills with the linebacker. Dude. I, I swear, if if Jack Easterby was, when did he come to New England? It was 2013-ish. I think I heard that he was around the uh, the Aaron Hernandez situation. Yeah, I know he was. I know he was here for that, but I don't know if that's when he started. And then he came from Kansas City, or did he go to Kansas City after he left New England initially? I think he came from Kansas. City. I think City. Kansas came from Kansas City. Yeah, came from Kansas City, spent time in New England, and then went to Houston. Could you imagine if he was in Kansas City right now with Tyreek Hill? Like the Chiefs made a decision on Kareem Hunt, but nobody seems to say anything about Tyreek Hill. Right. It's uh, I mean, he was the guy who was tasked with like following around Josh Gordon and make sure Josh Gordon yeah. like handled all his stuff. And like the thing, the thing that makes no sense to me, like you have DeAndre Hopkins there last season and you're kind of following following down that same path like oh he's a he's a bad guy in their minds 
because he has too many baby mamas, quote unquote, down down at the stadium for him. He's got too many, too many kids with too many different people. Like you can't let those decisions. You're not going to have a football team. Now he's going to become a serial killer. Yeah. I mean, that that's the next step. Everybody knows the first step in becoming a serial killer. Too many children with different people. Everybody knows it. I've seen so many documentaries. Every murder mystery I've ever seen. Too many, too many women, too many women having your kids. That is the problem with, with I, it's so ridiculous. Days. It's so ridiculous that that is the whole reason why DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. And now they're going to lose out on Deshaun Watson. They're going, he's not going to be there. Look, I mean, if, if I were that group that was organizing a walk for Deshaun Watson to stay, I would be instead organizing a walk for Cal McNair to leave. That that would be it. Like you're clearly not the right guy. Even even when it was his father, when it was Bob McNair, like there weren't great things being said around Houston oh, yeah. no. about their, their ownership. You should be organizing. Like I know, and it's hard to get a team to sell because obviously it's their decision at the end of the day. But you need to do anything in your power possible to make sure that the McNairs are not in charge of that team longer than today right because yeah. you're gonna you're going to ruin your future like there were a ton of reports yesterday and and talk i don't know if there's necessarily reports but talk anyway on twitter about the dolphins and the jets going to get to sean watson one of, they both have tons of draft capital and they're both in a great position yeah by the way just to interrupt when i saw what the jets have they can offer it's pretty scary it is like they have a ton of they have a ton of capital, and Deshaun Watson's not going to be there because he's not going to play. And I think he is one of those guys who will sit if the if he needs to. I I think so too. I just and, don't know. I mean, it's tough to turn down as much money as he got, but I just don't know how in your right mind you can sign that contract knowing that these decisions have been going on, not for just a short period of time. It wasn't one like snap decision. People could see this coming. Mm-hmm. It was dumb when you signed that extension, except for the money. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you go out there and you put out oh, like 300, $400 million in front of my face. I'm, I might take it. And I mean, the money's <laughs> still going to be there at the end of the day. Right. It's and it's not like Houston's gonna be the only team that would have given it to him. I, I do right. that. like some someone would have given you that money. The thing is, is he doesn't accept it. He's franchise tagged. Right. And then he's franchise tagged again. Mm-hmm. And then he's franchise tagged again. Because eventually you're that money's gonna keep going up. Deshaun Watson might be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it's not like it's a Kirk Cousins situation where you're gonna end up paying Kirk Cousins forty million dollars on a on a franchise tag eventually. Deshaun Watson, like you're his his cap hit, I think, next year or the year after is forty million dollars. What what's what's the difference here? Like you would have you probably would have paid that. So I mean the franchise tag is it's a whole different discussion about how oh, I feel yeah. about the franchise. That, that, yeah. Oh yeah. But uh that that's what would have happened. So I, I do get the fact that he signed there, but oh, man, that's such a bad such a bad hand to be dealt to to have that whole situation play out down in Houston. It's it's going to get. I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better any anytime soon. I have no idea how it can't not be that. Can't not be that. I agree with you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So, what are you thinking results wise? Do you want to make a solid prediction right now? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm in the right headspace to make that kind of decision. I'm glad you're in the right headspace <laughs> for some things. It's funny because I don't know who's what they're gonna hear after this. Like, this I don't, has been a chore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what part of the podcast that they're gonna hear this. Um, the parts where I actually sound like I'm awake and not dead. <laughs> I think you've been great today. Thanks. <laughs> I think in the NFC, I think uh, I just think the Packers are an all around better team. I think their defense is just better than the Bucks, and I think their offenses are about the same. So I, I think I'm taking the Packers in that game. Um, and then flipping over to the AFC, I'm not counting out Mahomes as long as he's playing. So that that that's where we come out here. I think those are clearly the two best teams, both number one seeds. Um, kind of the boring pick, but it feels like what's going to happen. 
clearly my head is not working, so I can't pick with my head. I'm going to have to pick with my heart when it comes to Tampa and Green Bay. So I'll go with the Buccaneers. Uh, and then I don't really have a heart in the AFC championship game per se. So I'll just go with my gut. I'll take the Kansas city chiefs and I'll say it's chiefs bucks for the super bowl. And we will get to see if Tom Brady can go through Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Brees with Tyler Heineke <laughs> featuring Tyler Heineke. That's, that's a great group right there. That's a, that's a quartet that I think. They could make some noise. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for whatever this ended up being, (laughs) whether it's an episode or like five minute segments of conversation that we've just put out there. Uh, Mike, do you have any final thoughts or maybe advice on what I should do going forward? Advice. Get some sleep. Yeah. Uh, Number two, WandaVision. Have you seen that yet? Uh, Yep. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we will do a WandaVision segment sometime this weekend. We'll we'll, we'll try and maybe af- we'll, can you watch it on Fridays? I'm kind of saving it for Sundays. Okay. I'm just I'm trying to remember what we normally do. Um as always, make sure to check out the yeah. socials. Yeah, yeah. I'm like in my brain thinking to myself how I'm going to have to edit all this like what part did i leave off at and then lose focus and then try and get focus back you're just gonna end up listening to the whole thing back i am that's what i told you that's what i'm gonna have to do only like an hour yeah it's not that bad time time feels like it's stopped anyway (laughs) or gone forward or moved backward i don't i don't even know as a wise matthew mcconaughey character once said Time is a flat circle. Oh, I thought you were going to say all right. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. <laughs> that would have been, been better. And that's how we end the podcast. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at NickMar94. Mike, where can the listeners reach you? On Twitter at Mike underscore Masala or on Instagram at Mike Masala NFL. Follow the podcast as well. You can find it on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Moving the Posts. Mike, till next time. Later, brother. Whenever next time. <laughs> peace I'm gonna tell you a story